are you, Zach? Man, I'm good. It's like, it's Friday. I'm in New York City. It's good weather out. I've been doing some interviews and, and I'm super pumped to be here. Dude, thanks for joining us. Welcome to the High Vibration Hustle Podcast. My name is Philip Martin. And your name is? Zach Burgess. Zach Burgess. Me and Zach go way back, all the way back to 2019. <laughs> <laughs> the beginning of 2020. <laughs> yeah, the beginning of 2020. There we go. And, uh, yeah, man. We uh, we recently just spent some time in Chicago together, hanging out. And um, yeah, man. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. And you know, I'm just looking behind you. You have this beautiful artwork above setting the stage crystal with some magic. <laughs> the, the literal magic crystal ball. We might do some scrying here today. Might check in the future. Who knows? And then we also have our pyramids of truth and justice today. We have some brand new ones I actually just got. For wow. Yeah. Yeah, does. yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, just give the people like a two minute, man. Like, just let them know like a little bit about you. Um, and we'll go from there. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I'm out in New York City right now. I've been out here for, I think, five weeks at this point. As uh, as Phil mentioned a few months ago, we were in Chicago together. Uh, we're part of the the same group. If we call it the mastermind group, there's I don't know maybe about 20 of us guys right now. It's part of it, and it's grown a little bit. The the guys in there are super awesome, um, and they're even helping me really to get settled in New York City. So I moved actually from the Bay Area. I was out there for about four and a half years working in tech. I worked for one of the big tech companies doing some software engineering and product management. And I, you know, before that, like my goal really in college was to move out and work for one of those big tech companies. Uh, but before that, I was out in, Cal in, um, in Oklahoma. So that's where I grew up. I grew up in Oklahoma. You know, I had this dream of like, hey, I'm going to be a, you know, a Cali boy, big tech, uh, made it happen. And, you know, after, after a little bit, uh, you, you see the other side of things where, you know, it's not quite as rosy as, as what you envision from what you hear in the media or just like everyone else, what they talk about in school. So, you know, I decided even though it's, it's the pandemic season in 2020 that we're going to make New York City happen anyway. And I'm so glad that you did too. And I and I remember, you know, you like you you told us all in the mastermind, and you got you're like, I'm telling on myself, bro. Like you're like, I'm doing it, and if I don't, you all need to fucking make fun of me and shit. And that's what it's there for, man. I I love using the mastermind for that. Um, that's so cool, man. That you grew up in Oklahoma. I didn't I didn't know uh, uh, our origins were so close. I'm from Houston, so. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, that, that part of the country is, uh, until you get to Kansas. As soon as you get to Kansas, shit just gets weird, and nobody <laughs> needs to go there. Okay, but Texas is great, and then I don't even mind Oklahoma. I'll take Oklahoma every day over Kansas. <laughs> but. You know, I, I've been to Kansas a little bit, Kansas City. Uh, it's, got, it's got its perks there. Uh, you know, going north of Mason-Dixon line, you know, I told myself that I would not live north of Mason-Dixon line Unless it was New York City. <laughs> what is the Mason-Dixon line? I'm not, I don't know. Yeah, that, that's the line that's right above Kansas. And right. that divided the Civil War between the North and the South. Uh, but it also, <laughs> <in my> mind, 
<laughs> and also my mind is like where it's like really cold all the time and where it's a little bit more livable. Yeah. Well, I mean, until this global warming hit, bro, I lived in Chicago in early 2000s. And when it was winter, it was, there were no 60 degree days outside in November in early 2000 Chicago. Was not a thing. So I don't know, but hey, I'm, I'm just, you know, temperatures change for all different kinds of, I'm not, we're not going to go there. No, I don't, I don't think either of us. <laughs> <laughs> right now, man, but you did. You made the move up to New York City. And it, what was your main, like, because as you know, I move all the damn time, right? And each place I go, I try to have like a, like a, a new mission, if you will. Maybe it's just a new something I'm working on with myself or one of my businesses or whatever it is I'm doing. Did you have like a, a main like mission coming out there? Yeah, there's there's been uh, a couple reasons. You know, the the first one is, you know, I'm I'm 29 these days, and you know, I want to be kind of in the the best environment, both productively, like to be productive, you know, on my job and doing a business, um, as well as dating. And you know, on the emotional side of things, you know, I was out in the Bay for, you know, four yeah four and a half years, and the it's an epicenter for tech so there's a a ton of people that that move to the san francisco bay area silicon valley san francisco itself to work in tech and and mostly it attracts men men tend to be the those programmers uh which is kind of the bread and butter of these tech companies and it creates a a dynamic with the dating pool that it's not all that fun, like the guys that are there, you know, I, I was in like meetup groups just to meet more people. And, you know, I would see maybe two girls and then 10 guys. And it was kind of like taking turns. The guys would take turns to like get their time in to talk to like the, to the two girls that are there. And sometimes they like it, but other times they're just completely creeped out by it. And it's just like a rush of like all this testosterone. And then you combine the fact that I was in Silicon Valley, which if you've never been there before, it's a pretty it's a pretty widespread area. It goes from the, the bottom of San Jose up to Palo Alto, which right there is you know about 20 miles in and of itself. And it it sprawls. It's like um, these are you know small communities which with a lot of people, but there's not one like you know, one place that you all get together and all the young people go. Right. So, you know, I had a friend, I had a couple friends, and one was 40 miles away up in the East Bay. You know, I had another buddy that was in San Francisco. Uh, I had another friend that uh, he lived in Mountain View, which was maybe 20 minutes away from me, but he was also a traveler and, you know, he was in and out of the country a lot. And so it was really difficult for me even to make guy friends there uh, because the, the dynamics, the, the logistics were set up where, you, know, you have to play in an hour, especially if there's traffic, of like when you can actually go see somebody. And you combine those two together with uh, my job that was wrapping up. I you know, achieved what I wanted to at the job, a couple promotions, um, uh, you know, I, this, this cool project I was on finished, and uh, I wanted to go to the next thing. So uh, when I you know, take that, the emotional side of things into consideration, with completing my goal of you know, those two promotions at the tech company, then it was like, okay, you know, do I want to go live in San Francisco proper, 
right, from the suburbs moving to San Francisco City? Or do I want to move to, to New York on the East Coast? And, you know, for me, I'm going to be in tech for, for the foreseeable future. And both locations are, you know, are quality places to be. Um, there's also Seattle, if, you know, some people like up north as well. Um, but it came down to, do I want to live on the, the West Coast or the East Coast? And I'd already been on the West Coast before. I'd been there for four and a half years. And even if I move to San Francisco, sure, there's going to be um, some, there will be more women there, at least kind of the, on the ratio side, but it's not going to be like it would be in New York. And that's where coming here and being in a city where it really specializes in this work hard, play hard mentality where you are working your ass off during the day, you're on your grind, and then when you get outside of your apartment, boom, the city hits you, and you have a, a different experience. It's much more emotional. It's, it's kind of romantic, in fact. And that's something that I probably wasn't going to get much of in San Francisco and for sure not in Silicon Valley. And that's where it's embracing kind of this, this work hard, play hard mentality, being in that environment that you want to be in anyway. That is so cool, man. Like, I, I think that for reasons like that, um, just traveling is so underlooked. And I just think that people, they, they just don't travel enough. They don't even realize something like that is like even possible, right? They're just like, yo, I'm just going to stay here. And, you know, I mean, I can't tell you how many, this is kind of a, a you know, blessing and a curse of my young life was as a child, like, dude, by the time I had gotten to ninth grade, I had gone to nine different schools. We just oh, wow. moved so much. And, you know, looking, it was hard at the time, looking back, wouldn't have it any other way. But I would meet people that had just lived in the same place their whole life. And they didn't real. they had, they did not even know it. It was not even a thought in their head that different places could present different lifestyles for different reasons, like you just described, which I am a huge fan of. I, that's like, that is such a, you know, that's a great way to think about New York, right? And then you can carry that like, well, what's special about this place? Or what's really the special thing about that place for my needs or my goals, right? So I think that I'm, I'm so excited for you to just, to just to hear from you that you did that and that you're over there for the reasons and that's fucking lit, man. So probably keep it a little pg here uh, <laughs> uh I, but, i've been on some days yes <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, i know you did no i know you bro i have to do um the uh tricky nick is gonna pass on the old formula to me for the the bumble app or whatever because dude i um i was in my own like entrepreneurial quarantine like prior to this so uh, you know things had just things literally took off in my business and in my life like january february march april just record-breaking months like i it was just like insane i was like this is insane right and then of course the covid comes along and i remember not even like noticing things were closed for like the first month because that was like how little at that like unless i was like traveling to see whoever in vegas you know the, the crew and or chicago or whatever I was just, because 
I had so much fun as a, as a young, younger man, as a young teenager, um, that, you know, that was when I stepped into the five-year plan, uh, when I turned 25 and I, so we just had, so not only was, you know, my birthday the other day and I turned 27, um, didn't join the 27 club. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Rub the crystal ball. <laughs> but uh no nah, man it was this, it was year two of the two-year plan five-year plan and i have never worked so hard <laughs> um it really served its purpose um i really just broke i just used a the the like how many hours are there in a day week month year blah 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 and uh, I just broke down my day into different sections and just said, I'm going to do this for this many hours and that. For, and you just try and then went for it, man. But do you, I mean, you obviously you're a man of goals and a man of, you know, go getting it, man. Like, have you ever had like specific five-year plan or, or any year plan with like, or is it just like, no, I'm going to go do that goal and however long it takes, it takes. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, yeah. So goal setting, right. And for me, it's been a combination of both of them. Uh, so, you know, like I mentioned in college, that that goal was to go work for a, a tech company in Silicon Valley. And in order to make that happen, a lot of things kind of fell into place. We can discuss those, but you know, at the the goal setting level, it was that okay, this is what I want to do, and then we'll figure out the details in between there. And it's not easy going from from Oklahoma or, or Houston out to Silicon Valley because there's not a pipeline. Like I, I went to a football school. I didn't go to, you know, a, a nice prestigious university. And so you're kind of, it's up to yourself to find your own path. And that same idea here with moving to New York, um, it, it's still for me, it, it's my own path. They're like within the company I was working at, you know, there weren't any jobs uh, really that, that were interesting to me out in New York. And so, you know, it's very much of, okay, um, I want to hit, I want to go to New York. That's my goal. Having said that, I went through at the beginning of the year. Uh, so I did a, a boot camp uh, with, with the crew, with Derek. And, you know, he was really into answering those three sacred questions. And, and included in that is the, you know, the one year, the five year, the 10 year goals, and, and just kind of putting some pen to paper on what you want to do. And I found that experience very, very valuable. And I ended up writing down in that, that, hey, I do want to go to New York City. So that was the pen to paper there. Um, and then afterwards, it's a matter of like lining up everything else. And, you know, bull, if you have to, bulldoze your way through. I love, dude, I, I love the way you, you hit that right there on the head, man, because I think, dude, let's give people this formula. Holy shit. We go the bulldozing, and we combine that with burn the boats. Do you? Do you? You don't seem like the type to burn the boats. You don't burn <laughs> the boats, do you? Uh, to to be honest, right now I I am burning the boats. I ended up actually moving out here without a without a job, and yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm interviewing. Uh, I had five interviews this week uh, to to transition into a different type of role, and you know my. My back is up against the wall. The, the boat's gone. You know, I ended up, it was Yahoo I worked at, uh, which was a great company. Um, and I ended up leaving there back in June. 
And, you know, I moved out to New York anyway, uh, without, you know, without having a job. And it's been, it, there's no doubt, the last five weeks has been really emotionally challenging for me. Um, thankfully, I have some structure in order to um, basically not become depressed and to make progress and actually kind of do the opposite of kind of spiral upwards instead of spiral downwards. Because this, like, there's so many things that are happening right now um, that if you're, if you're not focused and have a goal in mind, in my case, it's landing a product manager role and then doing whatever it takes to make that happen and setting up some daily routines and finding people that can help you make that happen, right? Um, specifically for me in the last, I'd say 10 days, you know, I've been spinning my wheels for the first four weeks actually to do these interviews. And what I was finding out is that I know about halfway through the interviews, I'd be told something like, well, we, we just don't think you have enough experience, Zach. And that's burning the boats right there. Like my back's up against the wall. Like, you know, how do I not have enough experience? Cause I'm also doing a bit of a transition from pure engineering to more of a pure product position, which is like a leadership role. And it, it was true in the sense of, I don't have enough experience interviewing, interviewing well. And I, I found, I mean, there's a couple of companies that do this and I, I just chose one uh, that's interview preparation. And that's finding the community that can help you, that can give you guidance uh, to get to your destination. So I know my goal is to do a product manager role. Now I'm finding the proper guidance to get to do that. And then uh, part of this, which I found to be gold, is that there's a, a daily interview structure of, okay, we're going to give you some practice problems, but you actually get an interview with a, another person that's in the same program and practice on each other. And that's been, for me, it's been nine o'clock at night. And in that, I'm able to to build up these muscles uh, so that when I'm in the interviews, um, I do have the experience. I am able to basically communicate in a way that I couldn't communicate even just 10 days ago. And I've already seen progress with that. I have a, a virtual onsite next week with a company. And I've got two other companies right now that are, um, you know, that, that are warmed up and, and I'm interviewing with as well. Uh, so, no, I, I have, I did burn the bridge on doing this. I, I burned the boats and, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to create that spiraling upward effect so that I end up being in a better place than I was even at the beginning of the year or halfway through the year. Well, I think you're clearly on your way there. Like I, I and I, and I, like, I don't think you have any doubt in your heart that you're going to get there and neither do I, like I, you know, I have no doubt that you're going to find exactly what you need to find out there. And I think people, you know, for everybody listening, like, you know, it's kind of that, that marshmallow challenge uh, when they, they give the marshmallow to the two-year-old and how they tell them the longer you don't eat it, the more marshmallows you get, something like that. And, you know, lo and behold, the kids that can wait the longest for the marshmallow are the ones that go the farthest in life. And what you're going through, as you're describing, is your back is against the wall, right? You, you, you have got go that way and right you know if the current is taken that's just a natural current of life is to just like dude time is passing right and i don't know i just really hope everybody can really learn from from you know that zach here bringing us this amazing example of believing in himself diving straight in burning the boats bulldozing through getting there like dude that's how it's done right and like everybody wants to be so scared about like 
I mean, literally leaving their house nowadays. And dudes like us are, you know, we're doing what we're doing. And ain't nothing to stop us. And, you know, we just need a good economy, right? All we need is like a, you know, a decent economy. <laughs> you know, and even, in a, and that's the thing, like we were talking recently, it's like even in a bad economy, like we're going to be fine. Like us, our mastermind, like we're going to be just fine, right? It's the people that are, you know, they don't have the understandings that we do about certain things that they're going to pay the price. They are going to pay the price for it. And this is, <clears throat> this is maybe interesting. I'd be, I'd be interested on, on your point of view with this because I was somebody that was like not su supposed to make it or whatever, right? Like, I mean, for sure. Like I look back at like me at like, now, I always knew I was going to make it, which is why I did. But if you looked at my actions, you just be like, <laughs> I mean, just really, man. And that's just what happens when you're traumatized throughout life. And it's, it's not unique to me. This happens to tons of people. And what happened was, fuck, I'm, my, I'm so fucking ADD today. <laughs> um, Let's see, I, I was making like a very complex point there. Um, let's meditate with the, the crystal ball. Let's Get that, that big crystal ball of yours. <laughs> look into this thing here together for a second. So we were talking about. Um, so we're, we're trying to uh, line up our actions with being oh, winners. Yes. Yeah, man. And it's just, oh, no. So, okay. Because I was one of the people that wasn't supposed to make it. And I made myself like I knew I was going to have to work 10 times harder than somebody just not as uh, in that of a place mentally as I was. Um, and I did. But these days, everybody just wants to give that person uh, welfare or whatever. You know, like just, they, they, it's just, it's just a free ticket out. It's just a, a total cop-out these days to just like doing nothing with your life is just like okay it's just like come it's just like accepted now and it's it's disgusting really um but on the other hand right like dude i mean i can tell you thoughts i was i was having that was just like, <laughs> i mean just things along the i mean i literally thought at one point i was like man i can make twenty thousand dollars a year selling ice cream on the beach but i had like all my time and I could just kind of I was like that's that was for me that was it because believe it or not I was actually like very like moralistic uh I think that was kind of a it's kind of a good way to put it just in the sense that like I didn't want to go into an industry where like my job was fucking people over you know, you know it's, it's kind of hard not to do like it's you know so <clears throat> I um do you think that and this has, I mean, this literally has to do with like genetics and so many things, but like, how much do you think someone's supposed to be able to overcome? Mm. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it's a, it's a great question. My, um, so the high school that I went to, uh, it's uh, Booker T. Washington High School. It's in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and it is on the north side of Tulsa. 
And if anyone's familiar with Tulsa, that's generally where um, it's mostly a black population. And the high school I went to is half black and half white, roughly. And one of the quotes that that we would walk into every day in that in that school, which was spoken by by Booker T. Washington, a black man, was that um, you know you need to measure somebody not by what they've accomplished, but what they've overcome. And it's very much built in, you know, to I think every human being to be industrious to some degree. And you know, I know while I've been out here, you know, there was a, a little bit of a, a wayward moment of like, hey, I, you know, I'm not. I'm bringing in any money right now. I don't have a job, you know, and, and my, my human spirit was being, um, was being suppressed. And, you know, one of the things that I found to be so, so valuable in this is that, you know, I was listening to a little bit of my, what my family was up to. And like my dad, he's a, um, he's a lawyer and CPA and he was kind of complaining about, oh, I don't quite, not complaining, but he was just mentioning that I don't have as many clients as um, I'd like to right now. And, you know, in my head as kind of a problem solver, as an industrious person that we all have, uh, I, I listened, I perked up and thought, oh, that could be an opportunity that I could help out. And it does two things. One, it bonds the family together more. And then two, it allows me to be industrious. And I ended up, you know, putting together um, a, a game plan, which is the same skills that you need to do as being a product manager. You're you're leading a team. You're understanding what a what the customers' needs, and then creating a, a game plan around how to address those needs. And the same thing is applicable in this case of, oh, um, you know, I'm hearing the the problem is there's uh, not enough clients. How do we increase those number of clients? And, you know, over just a, a long weekend of putting in some hours of creating a, a game plan and then presenting that, uh, you know, to, in this case, it's my client, which happens to be my dad in this case. Uh, you know, we set up a, a full game plan and we're executing on that. And that's even helping me with these interviews, learning the same frameworks that I can apply in a consulting case and then apply that in the interview case. And so when I think about, you know, how you know, how much we're supposed to overcome, right? I, I think we all just, you know, based upon our um, our DNA and, you know, I believe in this kind of evolutionary psychology that for the, that it's almost a universal trait that we're also, we're all supposed to accomplish things no matter where we were born in, no matter what environment we grew up in, no matter who our parents were. And we should embrace that side of ourselves because that actually... It, it flames our human spirit and it allows us to do things that we otherwise wouldn't be doing if we weren't in that upward spiral. It's so refreshing to hear the words upward spiral. That's, uh, that's a powerful concept. That's a powerful concept. And something else that you mentioned that I think, something I wish I had picked up on and personally learned a lot sooner in my life was how you know for everybody here listening like how zach helped his dad to hone his own skills and build a family bond and it's not like your dad is gonna like pay you or like give you like a kickback i'm sure or whatever i don't know but i'm just saying i'm sure i, I didn't strike me that that's what you had in mind 
that it was what you said to build your skills, get better at what you're doing, despite nobody paying you. Oh my, did oh my, you know, every that, that you know, everybody just goes free. You want me to, you know, do anything for free and just people people won't do it. They will not do it. And it is just it's a, it's a tragedy, man. It's something I wish I had picked up on so much sooner. Oh my God. I wish I had learned that when I was like 18, 19. And it just, I mean, you know, Hey, good, good times create, you know, weak people. I mean, I, you know, there's, there's all kinds of circumstances in life and something I think a lot of people have that prevents them from to being able to act like that and have that level of maturity is something that I know I had at the time and that I've actually seen a lot of like my clients have and just different people recently is um, they're overabundant for their circumstance. Mm. Like they are, they think they're better off than they are. And I think part of that, and I'm not saying it's a completely bad thing. I'm, th I'm saying that I think that it comes from a place of abundance a lot of times. Like, it, 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 it does, and it did. And it's like, and there's a lot of truth to it. It's America, best time out, like, blah, 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 right? So it doesn't necessitate the need, like, when you're, you know, your back's against the wall, you burn the boats, you're bulldozing through. We're going to help Dad do that thing to hone our skills. And... Mm -hmm. You know, man, I wish I had just learned that so much sooner. Um, but I, I didn't quite, I was much more, pa I just, I, I was, um, the time in my life I'm referring to when I wish I knew this was like 18, 19. I like, if I had known that at that time, I, I that would have done some things for me. But and, and at any time afterwards still. Um, but I just think, man, that, and I mean, like, dude, I grew up in a household where like, I was not paid for chores. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there was no capitalism in my household. Um, it was, um, you know, so there's that. But, you know, I still got it from my dad in different places, but I wasn't able to do anything with it. Like, dude, when I was, like, like in second grade, right, I'm trying to, you know, go door to door, do everything. My parents, like, won't let me do it. And it's just, like all this stuff right and so i didn't have even though i had it it was like i didn't have the need i didn't know how to express it uh to just hone my skills and, and just get out there and just start like it was unreal what it took because of a lot of traumas that were passed on to me like our, our, that's what happens to everybody and we're all given different things and it's everybody's responsibility to deal with them and it just took so long to start and get to that place so yeah i think that's a very valuable thing to share with people and i think you have a good point here too of of starting where you are and because you know if we if we listen too much then we might think oh we can't change anything uh, but you start at what you can change right and for some people it starts by cleaning their room and having a, a, a nice room to be in. If that's the first thing that you can change and the only thing I remember change. being that guy. I'm, like, I just got to say that. Like, I remember being that guy. That's a real thing. It is real. And, and, changing, and that literally is changing your environment. And that allows you to take on a little bit bigger task. Right? And, and by, you know, in this case, you know, by helping um, 
you know, putting a, a, a game plan together and executing on that, it makes it easier for me to jump into these daily phone calls for, um, for these practice interviews. And then that makes it easier to actually perform on the interviews themselves. And these things are very much a spiraling upward effect where you might not see it day one or even day seven or day 30, but if you start, you have to start somewhere. And that's the only thing you can do is you start at where you are and you make that spiral upward. And the second part of that is to also, at some point you have to get yourself an environment that's more than just your apartment, uh, but it's with other people who are doing those same things. So that when you have the, the podcast on Friday afternoon, you're going to be ready to, to be in a good mood, whether you're going to work some more afterwards, you're going to go on a date or, you know, whatever else you have, hang out with your buddies on the weekend, you know, you're making that spiraling upward effect. And like, you know, just a, a small example here is, you know, we're part of this mastermind group and I know that there's some people on the periphery that we're also mutual friends with. And a couple of them have reached out to me that live in New York and we, we've gone together and they're showing me uh, New York and, you know, they're sending me like audio messages of, Hey, like what's going on, man? Like, you know, we got this going on. You want to join us? And, you know, having those kind of like uh, those like, nice emotional spikes coming through and then also giving back as well, that creates an environment in which you're having kind of multiple spirals where it, it just makes it even you know, more expansive. And, you know, that's a pretty hard thing to do, you know, in five weeks. And I'm not trying to like, you know, toot my own horn here too much, uh, but I know that, you know, the last four weeks have been like really emotionally challenging for me. And I, I'm now in a position to reflect a little bit and, and kind of share what I've been up to because it, it's been very challenging. Um, but creating environments in different places that are also spiraling upwards is, is the right thing to do. That's a, I love the way you put that. I love the way you put that so much, man. It is the right thing to do. And I'm going to, dude, I'm going to stack two things on top of that, dude. So that, and I think anybody that listens to this is going to be able to just get out there and get to it because I was training my intern the other day and he knows exactly what he needs to do. I know he does. I trained him. He, he, I mean, dude, the kid's 17, right? And he's doing, doing great. But a point that I made to him was you're going to be scared when you do these things. Even though I've trained you, even though you know exactly what you need to do, it's you're just, even if you are scared, you're going to have to do them anyway. That's the only way it can get done. And what that does is that, that little sentence, that actual fact of doing it despite being scared is what allows you to get into these upward spirals. And these upward spirals are not, it's not like, it is, you know, it's, it's a hit. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it adds, it all adds to it. And then it all, like you're saying, it all comes together to create this big upward spiral that something that uh, David Avocado Wolf uh, refers to as uh, the state of holy flow. And it's, um, it's a, a manner of living your life in this exact manner that you're talking about that is a very real, it's a spiritual principle in a lot of places. This is not just like a upward spiral, it feels good. No, this is like, it's the right thing to do and important for you to live this way. And if you don't, it's kind of dangerous. 
to not live in these ways. Because if you're not going up, you're going down. If you ain't first, you're last. No. <laughs> but I mean, really though, you know, if we're not doing these things, like you just said, like getting out of our houses, rubbing the crystal ball, right? Like going for the walk and, you know, talking to, you know, who's nearby, going and doing those things. Like it's not going to do itself and you, you can't think yourself into it or out of it. You just got to go through it. And that's why I do this podcast is to get people off their ass and to bring in ass kickers like yourself to just straight up and lay out how in the hell did we do these things? You know, like you just described during freaking Rona, who is moving across the country with no job during Rona? Who has that kind of self-confidence? <laughs> so, uh, you know, we got to, I mean, and really, man, it's, it's, and it, oh my God, we got to go here because this is where I've been exploring a lot of thoughts, right? Because I put it this way, man, you know, I was pretty over this uh, earth shit by the time I was like 50. I just really, and that just comes from like different child abuse and not child, I like, like that bad but just different things man different shit will make you think crazy shit and <laughs> after much psychedelic reflection and sober pure sober reflection upon reflection just meditation intuition deep thinking everything i was kind of like well i'm just here to help the humans man like I, I like dude by the time i was like 15 i was like i've had the full experience dude like i've done things that like most grown adults will like never do okay like i'm good like i could leave today we're it's it's good but it was like i had this need to well i just didn't i was i knew i was 15 and i knew i had a long life ahead of me and i didn't want to go that early and so i was like well why the I hear, you know, I, I didn't like, dude, like being rich means like, that's not, mo that's not a very big piece of the puzzle. Like once you get there, anybody that gets there knows that's only, that's a pretty small piece of the puzzle. And, uh, so I knew that though, like at a very young age, I did, I saw my dad ruin his life, uh, working and drinking and just ignore, you know, not doing anything that he actually wanted to do. Which, for what he overcame, is a huge success. Mm -hmm. It is. But um, I didn't, you know, there's, there's equally as much value in learning what to do from somebody as to what not to do from somebody. And so I, at 18, I knew I can't give my life up for money and I can't be an alcohol. I can't drink. I knew that. And, yeah, you know, whew. Society just pushes those two things on you so hard. But, um, yeah. yeah, it just led to a unique path of me just being like, you know, I want to just contribute in the best ways that I can. I, and so I just spent a lot of time learning and then, you know, I'm a coach. I actually wanted to be a wealth coach when I was like a business coach, like all that, when I was like 20. But, um, of course, you got to go. <laughs> go do some business <laughs> first. And so I had to go do that first. Yeah, that, that's interesting. There's there's so many points that we could bring up on here. I just lightly, you know, I think about about alcohol. 
And that's pushed a lot in New York City. This whole like cocktail happy hour thing is is real. And it, it is interesting that somehow out of all the drugs that that one has kind of been embraced. Yeah, <laughs> we never like talk about it, but you know, why is that? Why is that the case? Yeah, hmm, how did that, yeah, how did, you know, certain things that are literally non-neurotoxic to the brain, you know, how did that, you know, get swept under the rug? It's, it's literally anti-cancer. It, it, it literally induces cell apoptosis, which is a cancer cell killing itself. And, you know, how did that still get swept under the rug? All these other things. And, and it's, I mean, I can send you a video, man. Like, these conspiracy videos are getting good. <laughs> For anybody listening, man, definitely check out Spirit Science. Oh, my good Lord. Spirit Science does... It justice. They they really do a very good job of explaining things. <clears throat> um, but it almost makes you feel crazy. Actually, like it, look outside. Look at what's like you know, the Bolshevik uh, plague and the thing that happened a hundred years ago. The the a hundred years of communism, a hundred million dead, right? And then now we're seeing all this just and the if you look if you look into it, right? I mean, if you listen to the Joe Rogan, Alex Jones, most recent episode, if you listen to the most recent um, conspiracy video um, on spirit science, which they explain like, yes, this is going to be flagged. Yes, this sounds crazy. Yes, it is, as it should be flagged, right? So they're, I think they're coming from a good place. And then actualize.org, uh, Leo, last name's Grew. Leo does an amazing that guy there ain't nobody like that guy man Leo over on actualize.org his articulation abilities to explain the things that he does is literally the work of what sages and saints and mystics and, and intellects and philosophers and self-help people have been all doing. It is all there. Like, I highly recommend everybody go listen to actualize.org on YouTube. Um, and so he, he's in this, this is gonna sound crazy. <laughs> gonna sound real crazy. But, um, he goes, because my first passion was figuring out what is reality. Like epistemology was my first love, like before anything I did, like that was all it, like it consumed me. It consumed me to the point to where I would like, like I had my journal, I had my video, you know, thing. And I would, you know, me and my, my psycho not buddies would, you know, load up the DMT and be like, all right, we're going over let's go talk to some beings and like figure out what this is and so like i did those experiments on myself in a sober and intellectual way like not a joke i did not do that shit for fun i did that shit to figure out what is this now along that journey uh the form of science that's currently being done it's not the full version of science, right? There's multiple ways to know things. There's more ways than the scientific method to know things, right? Things like direct experience, right? Mm -hmm. And just all these other things. So he just put out a 
mind-blowing because i experienced this through psychedelics this is the only reason i have any resonance with this guy is, is as he's debunking the myth of scientism right which is just just it's just a corruption in science like it's and he he literally describes how science is a religion as it's used in today it doesn't mean that science doesn't work and it doesn't mean that science is bad it just means that basically when certain things come up and the results are inconvenient it just gets swept under the rug so that certain things that would benefit us you know the medical mafia and the pharmaceuticals they don't want us to know about grounding right if you go outside and you stand on the ground the negative charge literally gets off all the positive charge off of you which is what is causing inflammation in your body and that like no no there's, there's 21 pre peer-reviewed studies proving this but you know can't talk about that right why is that right why can't we talk about you know as soon as you say coffee may help with something something oh now you're now you're selling drugs you know fda is gonna you know so it's it yeah man it's you know, how did I end up sitting here with pyramids, dog? Like, <laughs> it's gotten real weird out here, man. <laughs> no, just just a little bit on that, right? I'm also kind of going through some of the, the same processes of really understanding the world better as well. And, you know, from a kind of a, a pragmatic point of view, the one thing that I have not been doing recently is watching television. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, I, I, it's been on twice since I've been in the apartment for the last five weeks. One was to see if it worked. And the second one was on election day. I, I wanted to tune in and there was oh, no news. Oh, no. There was no I'll news. So I was like, fuck you. it. <laughs> Shame. <laughs> and so I was like, man, this is such a waste of time. And, you know, one thing that you can do, let's say, instead of watching TV, is to go out and seek other sources of information. And, you know, most of these like conspiracy theories, I think, are complete garbage. But at least understanding that they're out there and kind of the, the mindsets that it takes for them to develop is much more pragmatically useful than watching TV. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a computer scientist. I have two degrees in computer science. I believe in the, the scientific method. Uh, but there is a, also a psychological aspect as well that, that numbers won't capture. And the question is, are you going to be a person that is going to, you know, take both those into account versus just what that you can derive from uh, from the numbers. And you should learn from the numbers for sure, uh, but also you know, have the wherewithal to know that, well, what you're seeing in the first place could be a confirmation bias of something else that you psychologically have been programmed to or biased to or your environment in which you're supposed to you know, kind of come up with the same result. And it happens in the business world, it happens in the you know, broader context of politics, or even your friend group, you know, are you going to be someone that's going to like say, "Hey, no, I, I don't, you know, I don't agree with that," or just kind of go along with with it? So, there's a, a lot of of ways where you can use your time better than, let's say, watching television, which I or even like hopping on to CNN.com or you know, your favorite news site. I I think it's um, especially when we're in our 20s and 30s, like. There's so many better things that we could be doing with our time that also are not so emotionally addicting uh, because a lot of these like deeper questionings that you're having, right, that you're discussing, you don't, it's not an instant, oh, that's the answer. It, there's, a, there's time it takes in which that you're going to have cognitive dissonance and you're going to have to grapple with what is the answer to that. 
you know, as I'm retooling myself to be a product manager, I'm asking some really deep questions and I'm, I'm having to sleep on it at night because I don't know the answer to it yet. It's more complicated. I, I can't just arrive at it. But having some frameworks in mind and going out and seeking where you can bring in different tool sets, you know, whether it's from you know, your favorite conspiracy theory website, just to understand it, or maybe it's like a, um, you know, some type of like a psychological researcher that has like actual experience, uh, you know, that, that's important so that you can figure out your own world. And then whenever you're interacting with somebody, you can, you can pause for a little bit and, and listen to what they're saying. And don't immediately jump and answer something. You can take a moment and let some of these deeper conversations happen and these deeper thought processes that are going on, they can develop where if you're, you know, kind of quick-witted or, or just like immediately want to say something, uh, it, it's not an effective way to, to structure your time, structure your relationships. You know, you talk about bulldozing. Um, you know, one thing that I've been really aware of is, you know, that's both my greatest strength and my greatest weakness. And what I mean by the greatest strength is, okay, if I have this one problem I'm working on, I'm going to bulldoze my way through and, and tackle that problem. But when you're in a, uh, when you're with a relationship, in a relationship or developing a relationship, you can't bulldoze your way through to the person. You have to give a, give space and pause. And it, it takes your, your mindset to, to let that moment develop and to listen for a little bit more of the intention versus just exactly what they said. And that's something that, you know, on a pragmatic standpoint is, you know, let's say you're interfacing with your clients or customers, you don't have to immediately solve the exact first problem that they, that they tell you, but investigate a little bit and let your, let that, that dissonance be there, let it hang and analyze it. And then after some time, you might realize, oh, there's a better problem that I can be working on and solve that one. And by going out and bringing in these different frameworks and getting some different perspectives, you're able, you're kind of building that muscle where you're not going to immediately jump to a solution because, oh, that's what maybe my identity politics told me is the answer. But you can pause and you can think a little bit slower. I love what you just said so much because I am a huge believer. If anybody wants to learn about the brain, one of the best books they could read is, uh, it's called Incognito, uh, The Secret Lives of the Brain by Dr. David Eagleman, uh, neuroscientist at uh, Rice University. He did a fantastic job of explaining like what the brain does, how it works, all this, all that, um, as my short-term memory kicks in. Um, letting that moment pass not only builds the presence of the situation and here's what i love about that is almost always your conscious mind's first answer to something it's got to be wrong your subconscious mind is infinitely more powerful than your conscious mind can ever be that's just the truth and so doing what you just said, man, letting that moment pass and, and let it, letting the answer arrive to you rather than just saying whatever the first thing you, your conscious mind thought of, um, you can train yourself to kind of be more or less kind of in your, more aware of your subconscious rather than always floating on the top of your, your ego mind rather, um, 
But that is an excellent technique man, that you just mentioned when, when communicating about it, anything, really, because <laughs> there, there really are, there's really not very many simple or not complicated things in this world if you really look, right? Think, things are simple and easy because that's just how we like to keep them as people. And there's merit to that, right? You've got to have certain things like that. But... No, letting your, your subconscious mind come in and, and let it, because that's when your brain gets to run it through your two computer science degrees, every book you've ever read, every mentor you've ever had, you know, and, and unless you've completely fully integrated into that, which where even, even if you have, you're still going to have days where you're not up to that level and you're, so you kind of backslide a little bit. Everybody does it. And so you're going to kind of have that, uh, bobbing awareness, if you will, and cultivating that is a game changer. That is without, that's not even a joke. That is an absolute game changer in somebody's life. If they are able to cultivate that ability, to pause and let the subconscious mind take it in and give their conscious mind the answer, that's infinitely more powerful than just you know, being quick to fire off and, well, I said, you know, you didn't even hear the last half of what the person said and then you're off on some other topic and, and that's just unproductive. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Let, having that pause for that moment, you know, there, there's a, a few more things I would like follow up on that just to like hammer it home for other people that are looking for some, you know, some actionable advice. You know, the, the first one is to realize that as a human being, you, know, you are programmed whenever you see a problem to immediately jump to a solution to solve it. I'm programmed to do that. And when we're living in some relatively simple worlds, may, they, may that make sense. Oh, I'm cold. I'll start a fire. And that's the solution to it. Uh, but when we're in a, a world like this, you know, that first problem that you see probably isn't the the root problem. And so if you jump to that immediate conclusion to solve that one, you, you probably didn't actually improve the situation that much more. So if you take a pause and you let your subconscious come out a little bit, you think through it deeper, maybe you put some pen to paper and you think, oh, I, I came up with the solution. Well, what problem is that solution that I came up with? What is that solving? Because is that even the one that I saw? And then is there a problem above that? And actually putting pen to paper, writing that out, you can be more effective. Infinitely, infinitely more effective. We're just giving him the universe today. <laughs> just giving him the whole, we're just giving him the keys to, I mean, dude, you can jailbreak your, your life with this podcast. I mean, that's, that's the whole goal of this thing here, man, is to like, how far can you go, you know? Like, we only get, there's never going to be another Philip Martin. There's never going to be another Jack Burgess. It's just not going to happen. And, you know, that is one thing that does make life so valuable is, um, you know, the, the, the mortality of it. The, you know, the finiteness of it is uh, truly a beautiful thing. <laughs> True. It, like, it, it is beautiful. And, you know, just one more thought on that that finiteness of it you know we really do as you said at the very beginning only have so many hours in a day so many hours in a week and you know we do live in this this 21st century 
we're getting notifications all the time and, and there's companies that are trying to get your attention. Uh, and we, we have a limited amount of time. Um, so whenever you do read those articles, less is more. If you can devour one article completely and understand all those nuances behind it, that is so much more valuable than just quickly running through to see what the latest thing is for that day and just kind of emotionally being triggered off of what first comes to you. So take that extra time. If you're going to go you know, read that news source, if you're going to go listen to that podcast, you know, grab onto one of, one of those ideas and think it through and let your mind grapple with it. You're going to have first reactions. That's okay. We're naturally supposed to have those, but go beyond that first reaction. Such powerful stuff, man. Well, listen, Zach, I, man, I think we just dropped bombs on people. I think I'm going to go back and listen to this at some point because I want to hear all these things and I keep it on repeat. I've been brainwashing myself since I was like 10, bro. <laughs> like, you know, Buddhism, like just quantum mechanics or like just trying to understand, you know, just as much as we live in a mystery. Literally live in a mystery to some degree, right? There's some things we know, there's some things we don't know. And I'm here for it, man. I'm here for the mystery. So, Zach, my brother, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your time with us today. Um, is there any is there is there anywhere you want the people to find you or shall we shall we leave you uh out of there? Yeah, you know, you can uh I have a, a modest Instagram. You can find me on there. Z is for Zach, underscores in between, Z is for Zach. And you know, don't be afraid to message me. I'm in New York City. If you're out in the area and, you know, you're looking to, to get uh, get a beer, uh, go do something fun, you know, before it gets uh, too cold out and we can actually go outside, even afterwards, hit me up and um, that's where you can find me. Thanks, Phil. I appreciate your time. You're a super smart and intuitive person as well. And I really enjoyed the last hour. You heard from the man, everybody. All right. That's that. Talk to you soon, buddy. See you, man.